Chapter Seven of Book Five of Les Misérables, Volume Five by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Les Misérables, Volume Five by Victor Hugo, translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book Five: Grandson and Grandfather. Chapter Seven: The Effects of Dreams Mingled with Happiness. The lovers saw each other every day. Cosette came with Monsieur Spachevlant. This is reversing things, said Mademoiselle Guillemont, to have the bride come to the house to do the courting like this. But Marius's convalescence had caused the habit to become established, and the armchairs of the Rue des Filles du Cavalier, better adapted to interview than the straw chairs of the Rue des Lhommes Armés, had rooted it. Marius and Monsieur Spachevlant saw each other, but did not address each other. It seems as though this had been agreed upon. Every girl needs a chaperone. Cosette could not have come without Monsieur Fauchevant. In Marius's eyes, Monsieur Fauchevant was the condition attached to Cosette. He accepted it. By dint of discussing political matters, vaguely and without precision, from the point of view of the general amelioration of the fate of all men, they came to say a little more than yes and no. Once on the subject of education, which Marius wished to have free and obligatory, multiplied under all forms lavished on everyone, like the air and the sun in a word, respirable for the entire population, they were in unison, and they almost conversed. Monsieur Fauchelevent talked well, and even with a certain loftiness of language, still he lacked something indescribable. Monsieur Fauchelevent possessed something less, and also something more, than a man of the world. Marius inwardly, and in the depths of his thought, surrounded with all sorts of mute questions this Monsieur Fauchelevent, who was to him simply benevolent and cold. There were moments when doubts as to his own recollections occurred to him. There was a void in his memory, a black spot, an abyss excavated by four months of agony. Many thoughts had been lost therein. He had come to the point of asking himself, whether there were really a fact that he had seen Monsieur Fauchelevent, so serious and so calm a man, in the barricade. This was not, however, the only stupor in which the apparitions and the disappearances of the past had left his mind. It must not be supposed that he was delivered from all those obsessions of the memory which force us, even when happy, even when satisfied, to glance sadly behind us. The head which does not turn backwards towards horizons that have vanished contains neither love nor thought. At times, Marius clasped his face between his hands, and the vague and tumultuous past traversed the twilight which reigned in his brain. Again, he beheld Mabouf fall. He heard Gavroche singing amidst the grape-shot. He felt beneath his lips the brow of cold Eponine, Ajla, Kerferac, Jean Pervert, Combefer, Bousset, Grandserre, all his friends rose erect before him, then dispersed into thin air. Were all those dear, sorrowful, valiant, charming, or tragic beings merely dreams? Had they actually exist? The revolt had enveloped everything in its smoke. These great fevers created great dreams. He questioned himself. He felt himself. All these vanished realities made him dizzy. Where were they all then? Was it really true that they were all dead? A fall into the shadows had carried all off except for him. 
It all seemed to him to have disappeared as though behind a curtain of a theatre. There are curtains like this which drop in life. God passes on to the following act. And he himself, was he actually the same man? He, the poor man, was rich. He, the abandoned, had a family. He, the despairing, was to marry Cosette. It seemed to him that he had traversed a tomb, and that he had entered into a black, and had emerged from it white. And in that tomb, the others had remained. At certain moments, all these beings of the past, returned and present, formed a circle around him, and overshadowed him. Then he thought of Cosette, and recovered his serenity, but nothing less than this felicity could have sufficed to have faced that catastrophe. Monsieur Fauchelevent almost occupied a place among these vanished beings. Marius hesitated to believe that the Fauchelevent of the barricade was the same as this Fauchelevent in flesh and blood, sitting so gravely beside Cosette. The first was probably one of those nightmares occasioned and brought back by the hours of his delirium. However, the natures of both men was rigid. No question from Marius to Fauchelevent was possible. Such an idea had not even occurred to him. We have already indicated this characteristic detail. Two men who have a secret in common, and who, by a sort of tacit agreement, exchange not a word on the subject, are less rare than is commonly supposed. Once only did Marius make an attempt. He introduced into the conversation the Rue de la Chablarie, and turning to Monsieur Fauchelevent, he had said to him, of course, you are acquainted with that street? What street? The Rue de la Chanvrerie. I have no idea of the name of that street, replied Monsieur Fauchelevent, in the most natural manner in the world. The response which bore upon the name of that street, and not upon the street itself, appeared to Marius to be more conclusive than it really was. Decidedly, thought he, I have been dreaming. I have been subject to a hallucination. It was someone who resembled him. Monsieur Fauchelevent was not there. End of Book 5 Chapter 7